everybody to the 25 Live. This is Jim Burnick from the Firefighter Cancer Consultants. Today, my special guest is Lillian Kearney from Kearney Strong. Uh, Lillian's husband, Josh, was a uh, battalion chief of Midway Fire Rescue in Pally's Island, South Carolina. And when he was 41 years old, he was diagnosed with stage 4 melanoma. And that was in June of 2017. That cancer ended up claiming his life just four months later. Uh, to continue Josh's legacy, his family, particularly his wife, Lillian, and uh, cousin Christine, who I've, I've met before a few times, have they made it their mission to raise awareness of firefighter occupational cancer? So, welcome to the show, Lillian. Thank you, Jim, for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So, if you will, how about just kind of going uh, telling me how Carney Strong was was you know even came about? Sure. So, as you already stated, Josh was diagnosed with stage four melanoma in June. Passed away a couple months later. Um, we both grew up in Connecticut. We personally, for both of our families, we were close to both of our families growing up. Josh had a lot of cousins. He was the older cousin out of all of them. And they spent a lot of their summer, their summer vacations together, uh, at the family lake in New Hampshire. Um, and Christine and Josh just had this special bond. They were, I think eight or 10 years apart. Uh, but she was always the shortest. He was always the tallest. So they, you know, they just had this, they had a great relationship growing up. Um, and so when Josh was diagnosed, it, it obviously, like the rest of us, it hit us pretty hard. But Christine, Christine, it, it hit her a little bit um, harder than than some of the others. Um, and so when he passed away, uh, she really needed to do something for him. She needed to do something in his honor. And so Christine had heard about responder wipes from a mutual firefighter friend of ours. And so she decided that she wanted to raise some money from friends and family to donate to Christine's hometown fire department, which happens to be the hometown fire department where Josh was, and he started as a volunteer back in 93, um, sorry, 92. So Christine raised some money from friends and family, went online to the Responder Wives website and placed an order. Her or her first order that she had placed was just over $1,000. So um, that struck a chord with Tanya Cronin, the president of Responder Wives, when the order came in. Um, and she just, you know, she's like, this doesn't make any sense. This isn't a municipality. This is some random person. So Tanya took some time to call Christine to find out why Christine was placing such a large order. And so Christine gave Tanya a little bit of history about Josh, his diagnosis, his death, et cetera. Um, and Tanya really, Tanya really took it to heart. She, um, you know, the gesture number one was just inspiring for Tanya. Uh, that Christine wanted to do this in Josh's honor. And and Tanya wanted to take it one step further. So with Christine and Tanya were talking and um, with Tanya's connections in the fire service, Tanya reached out to a couple of other uh, companies, Last Line of Cancer Defense, um, Citrus Squeeze, which is Safety Solutions, Solution Safety, um, sorry, uh, and Brothers Helping Brothers. And they decided that they were going to come together and Add, add some decontamination supplies to that first donation for North Haven Fire. Um, the more Christine and Tanya talked, the more they decided they wanted to do this to more than just the one department. So uh, Christine and Tanya both reached out to me um, asking if they could create this initiative just for 2018, um, if we could raise a little bit of money, make some donations to a couple more departments throughout the country. Um, and of course, I immediately was more than happy to um, to help. Um, it actually was a great healing for me personally uh, to be able to do this in Josh's honor um, and to really make a difference in other fire families' lives. Um, so with that, we teamed up with Brothers Helping Brothers, um, which was our parent uh, nonprofit organization at the time. And 
On the website, we had some fire departments across the country submit grant requests, um, and it kind of went from there. So every month we would choose a new department. Um, most of the time we were able to make personal donations, um, them being up in Connecticut and me being down here in South Carolina and some contacts we had across the country. Uh, so every month we would uh, find a rural volunteer um, smaller department somewhere in the country that really needed some a, a jump start with their uh, decontamination uh, cancer prevention policies and such and we would go and we would bring some supplies um, and let them get to it um, so it actually has been it's been phenomenal we've we ended up with some um, we've gotten some great feedback, great response. We have received over 150 donation requests from departments across the country. So obviously there's a huge need for it. Um, we continued on making our donations through 2018 uh, for the rest of every month that every month that year. Um, and we wanted to continue on. We didn't want to just stop there. So we got together with a couple of other folks and formulated our own board of directors um, and have stepped out um, of the shadows from Brothers Helping Brothers into our own nonprofit organization. So uh, we run it from top to bottom. Christine and I, and um, some help with some, Tanya is still on our board. Nick, is, Nick from Brothers Helping Brothers is still on our board. And uh, Dan Spetlin, Josh's best friend from high school, who happens to be a firefighter in North Haven and started as a volunteer with him back in the day. He's on our board. So we've continued into 2019 and we are going to keep going strong, um, making those donations as much as we can, as often as we can. Um, one thing that I feel like I might be jumping ahead of myself, but one thing that we did last year was we did a donation here in Polly's Island to Josh's home department, um, Midway Fire Rescue in August. Um, and I had an extra box of responder wipes that we had not donated to that department. And so I decided I wanted to give it to a different department in the area. Um, and so I called the uh, assistant fire chief at Georgetown City, uh, who used to work with Josh a while back. And I told him I had this extra box of responder wipes that I wanted to just drop off to his department. Uh, he, of course, was head over heels because at the time they were using uh, baby wipes, which is better than using nothing. Um, and so I stopped by the fire department one random August day um, and just talked with uh, the assistant fire chief for a few minutes. We took a quick picture of the of just giving him one box of responder wipes and went about my day. Um, but that but that donation, that one random donation on that random August day, it just it it hit me so much that they were so appreciative of receiving this very small donation, not part of our monthly donations, and the impact that just one donation could have, no matter how big or small it is. Um, it really got me to thinking. An hour and a half later, I reached my destination, um, and I had formulated this plan, this master plan for doing a one ginormous decontamination day donation across the country. Um, I, had it, I had it all figured out in my head about we were going to get volunteers from all over the place. We, I, I had so many, so many friends and family that want to help out. Um, and at that point, we had so many departments that had already requested donations that we had plenty of departments that we could make this happen. Um, and so I called Christine on the phone and it was probably a five minute conversation. And I had just 
spewed out so many words and I didn't even get, I didn't even, I don't think I breathed the entire time I was talking to her. And I was telling her about this master plan on how I want to go to like 20 departments across the country. And this is going to happen. And this is going to happen. And we're going to donate responder wipes. We're going to donate fire wipes. We are going to just drop off wipes. And this is going to be amazing. And I wanted to do it on October 19th, which at the, which October 19th is the day that Josh passed away. And so this was, this would have been the anniversary of his first year passing. And Christine told me, she said, Lillian, take a breath. That's two months away. How are we going to fund it? How are we going to do this? What's going to happen? And are you sure that's how you want to spend the anniversary of his passing? And I like stopped and I was like, no, Christine, this is happening. This is happening. This is happening. And so we made it work. We ended up last year on October 19th, we ended up donating to 21 departments um, I believe the count, we did it in nine states, um, eight or nine states across the country. And it was amazing. It was, it was amazing, not just for my, my heart. It was amazing for our volunteers. Most of our volunteers that day knew Josh, worked with Josh in the past, were family, were friends. Um, and it, it was a great way to celebrate his life. Um, and so we have decided we're going to continue on with Decontamination Day. So not only is Carney Strong going to be working on our monthly donations that we do every month, which will contain more product, but we are going to do another Decontamination Day for the week of October 19th as well, where we will um, work with our product partners to, um, to deliver smaller donations to the departments across the country. Um, I feel like I just jumped. I, I'd like to bounce no. all over the place. I'm, I'm sorry about that. No, I know the original question was, tell me how Carney Strong got started. And I just kind of went all the way down. But um, so that's how Carney Strong got started. And that's what we've been working on over the past several months. And you've you've kind of like expanded, though, as well. You've, you've actually added more uh, groups. and We have. Yeah. So we started with we started with Last Line of Cancer Defense and Responder Wipes um, and Solution Safety that donate Citrus Squeeze. We have brought on a few more part product partners, including for Firefighter Cancer Consultants, which has online training um, available. That was, to a, our that was a nice plug. I appreciate I, it. I did a good job there. Right. We also <laughs> now partner with Fire Wipes, which so we now have two different um, uh, decontamination wipes that we donate. Um, and we have been working with a few other product partners that we hope to be able to bring on in the future. Um, but at this point we don't have them, so I can't plug them yet, but I'd be more than happy to plug any product partner that wants to join in, um, and help us increase the items that we do, um, that we do bring to the departments when we make our donations, because the more information that they have, the more knowledge they have, the more resources they have in front of them, the better they are. You know, a lot of our a lot of our departments that we are donating to are the smaller departments that do the pancake fundraisers to raise money for new equipment or newer equipment, I should say. They don't have the money to buy wipes, to buy cleaning, uh, to, to buy to gear cleaner and that kind of stuff. So we are trying to help out the the departments that that need it from the funding aspect. But we're not just we're not just choosing those. We are choosing departments. Um, based on size, based on location, based on, you know, the number of volunteers um, versus career. Um, we're, we're trying to get a variety out there, but the more items we can supply, the better. Um, one thing that we have expanded out is we started out basically just giving them the items and giving them some history on Carney Strong and giving them the information on how they can 
purchase the items after after they have um, after they've used them um, from our companies. But we have now created um, our educational packet. Uh, full of resources. So in our educational packet of resources, uh, we have had some other companies donate some supplies to us so that we can put in there um, items from um, how they can go about using um, software for their um, exposure tracking, um, how they can get some additional life insurance or living benefits. Uh, we have things in there like a copy of the Lavender Report um, and the Healthy In, Healthy Out packet from the Washington State, which has some amazing information in there. So we're not just donating supplies. We are, we are providing them with as much educational information as possible so that they can, so that they can take it and adapt it um, find some things that will work for the individual departments um, that, that that they can do, that they can, that they have the resources and stuff for. So, um, so we're always looking for ways to improving our educational material and obviously wanting to work with new product partners to expand um, our donations themselves. So well, that's perfect. And you've got a, also a nice new uh, poster that's going to be coming out flyer, I guess you could say that's going to be, you know, something that can be hung up at all the different fire stations, really throughout everywhere. We do. We have, yeah. Um, so we're it's it's we're taking everything that we can and just and just building on it to um to really bring it full circle so that we're not just donating a few random items. Uh, we're looking, you know, we want to encompass all of the aspects of cancer in the fire service. So whether that be individual or that be um. On a, on a greater scale, something that the departments themselves can do, um, or just even things that the, you know, the random fire wife or fire spouse can, can purchase for their firefighters sure. to help keep them safe. You know, I was, I was kind of, I guess I was plugging myself, um, you know, and I'm sure this flyer oh, okay. will be, be on your website too. But, uh, I, many years ago when I was with the FCSN, my buddy, Tim Newman, who was a Milwaukee firefighter, came up with the acronym for cancers and it basically gave you different ideas for each, each letter in cancer. And, uh, Keith Tyson and I ended up adding the S the cancers because we realized, we, well, how about we, we probably should add SCBAs. So you fast forward like 10 years from that. And I ended up doing the same kind of thing. Uh, the little acronym poster for Saskatchewan. I was working with their workers comp board and you can imagine I had, Lots and lots of room to do with as many letters as Saskatchewan was in it. And mm -hmm. when I realized, I, I realized it just kind of came to me. I had just like you had a moment, you know, a little bit ago. You were talking about how you just had an idea, you wanted to run with it. I had the same thing here. I was like, how many letters is Kearney strong? And it it's happened to be <laughs> exactly the same amount as Saskatchewan. And I was like, <laughs> let's see if I can adapt this. And, then, and, and a lot of the letters are well. the same, right? Yeah, it actually is perfect. We have it up on our website. We um, are going to print it up for flyers so that we can put it in um, our educational material. And it is, and it is pretty, it's, it's on point. I mean, it is definitely, it gets the point across. It is, it's, there's not too many letters. I think it's like 12 total. So it's not like 20, 20 letters where you got to remember. I, it that, was but. a lot easier to do <laughs> this than like if, if somebody in Ohio asked me to do it with Ohio, like I wouldn't, I don't, you know, I'm limited yeah. there. I right. had options here, but no, it's stuff like, you know, clean your PPE and a gear extractor. You yeah. know, annual medical and skin exams are a must. Remember to track all fire exposures. Nutrition and exercise helps prevent cancer. Establish a safety committee regarding firefighter cancer. 
or sold uniforms should be washed in a department clothes washer. That's all just that's just a carny part. Mm-hmm. So it's all just little tidbits, tips, I guess, for ultimately trying to reduce your risk of being diagnosed with cancer. Yes. Yeah. And 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 there are, I mean, going through them, I mean, there's 12 of them, right? And like I said a few minutes ago, these, these are things that it's not just, you don't have to rely on the front office to do some of these things. Some of these things, you can take initiative on your own as the individual firefighter and, and, and take care of it. You know, sure. like never leave your PPE Never bring your PPE inside the fire station, the living quarters. Well, you don't need the front office to tell you that. You should know that yourself. You should do that yourself. Um, you know, your gear should always be be replaced with a backup set. That obviously is something more for the more for the front office, um, and you know, more for the department itself. But but, but you have yeah. you have personal responsibility. I, I yes. agree. You know, yes. it's up to you to take a shower. Uh, it's up for you to wash your clothing, wash your gear. I mean. Management can help with a lot of this stuff. They can give you the supplies right. to, to make that happen. But a lot of this, again, is personal responsibility. Right. You have to take the initiative and do this for yourself and also you know, for your family. Yeah. You know, it's when when Josh was first diagnosed, obviously, you know, we live in South Carolina where they don't believe occupational cancer is a thing, um, along with the state of Delaware. But um, for, for us, when Josh was first diagnosed with cancer, we talked about it being job related and his he immediately went to no it can't be job related you know it's melanoma and you can get that from being out in the sun and you know and, and then I like reminded him it's not like we're in the sun all the time and when you're with me you put on your sunscreen and you, you know I mean it's there was no when he was first diagnosed and they did the body check they could not find the I forgot the technical word they used for it but the initial source um, everything for him was subcutaneous so it was all under his skin everything was under the skin level so I started doing a little bit of research and yeah, melanoma is one of those ones that firefighters are at a greater risk for. And I talked to him again and he was, you know, he was in denial the first like month or so um, that there's no way it could be job related. And I, we finally sat down and I said, look, Josh, here's the research right here in front of you. It is from your career. You're only 41. People aren't diagnosed with melanoma until they're like in their mid sixties and they sure as crap don't start at, you know, stage four. Nice um, catch. And so, yeah, I, I, I caught that there, right? Um, yeah. Keep my PG rating. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so, so we, st- like, he finally started looking at it with me. And he, and he did, you know, he's like, yeah, you know. But the thing is, is for him and for our area, where he's, he didn't work in a large department where he wasn't working in Boston or New York or L.A. or, you know, Houston, where, where cancer really was a thing. We, he knew about cancer in the fire service, but. Not not here in, you know, small little coastal town of South Carolina. It, just, it didn't happen. Um, and then so just the more research and the more knowledge we got out of it, the more we realized that, yeah, it, it does happen to rural departments. It does happen to volunteers. It does happen across the country and across the world. And there are so many simple steps that could have been taken had they really started talking about it on that small town level um, that. I'm not saying anything. So there's this, so there's this thing that Josh and I started on June 21st of 2017. I'm going to digress here for a second, but it's kind of important. Sure. June 21st, 2017 is the summer solstice. That is the day that he was diagnosed. It's also the longest day of the year. I like to remind people of that. Josh was diagnosed in the longest day of the year, but we sat at our kitchen table 
before our daughter came home and we sat there trying to figure out like, how do we tell our 16 year old daughter that her father has stage four can like or cancer. At that point, we didn't know that it was stage four melanoma. We just knew that he had cancer. And, and then we started playing that game of, oh my gosh, we should have done this. We should have done that. We should have done this. And we both sat there and said, no, we are not going to go down that rabbit trail. And we had decided straight from the very beginning on June 21st, 2017, that no matter what, we will make every decision with the information we have in front of us. At the time we made the decision, it was the right one. So we're not going to sit here and play that. We should have, could have, what if we did this? What if this happened? What if that happened game? Because when we made that decision a long time ago for him not to go for his, you know, not to go for a body checkup or whatever, or not to see a dermatologist like every, you know, like you're supposed to. Um, we made that decision a long time ago based on the information we had in front of us. We had no idea that he was going to get cancer. And so from the very beginning of his diagnosis, every decision that we made, whether it was to get a second opinion, whether it was to just go along and yes, he's going to do immunotherapy or how we were going to tell our daughter that he has cancer or any decision we made was the right decision at the time we made it because we were using the information we had in front of us. And so it was very hard not to play not to play the blame game on his job, you know, but in reality, Josh got this from his, from his career. He was in the, he was in the fire service for over 25 years. He started when he was in high school as a volunteer. He was in the air force for four years as a firefighter. And as soon as he got out, he got hired down in, in at Midway in Polly's. So for his career, he was in for over 25 years and, and there's just no doubt about it. So where I was going before I gave you that whole diatribe of information was, was that I realized that from my standpoint, from the fire wife side, from the fire family side, I didn't have anybody telling me, hey, tell your husband to do this. Make sure he's doing that. Make sure he's showering. Ask him about this. Do this. Make sure this is in place. And I realized that I, Jim, you've met me couple times, you know that I'm not a quiet person and I just can't sit on the sidelines when there's something that's weighing me down. And I realize that I have an opportunity and I have a voice to tell people what will happen if you don't start making changes now. And I am not saying that a firefighter is going to get diagnosed. I'm not saying that in four months he will pass away. What I am saying is these are the possibilities of what lie in front of you. And please learn from our cancer story that I don't want another family to have a cancer story because flat out it sucks um it just does I mean knowing that knowing that my daughter graduated high school and when she graduated she had probably the biggest cheering section around um of all of her high school but her father wasn't there and even though she had an amazing amazing supporting loving group of people None of them were Josh Carney. And I can't, I can't fix that for her. I can't replace him. No one can replace him. No one is going to be able to fill that hole in her heart. Not mine either. But, but so there's just so many things that you can do starting now. I don't care if you are a firefighter who's 20, who's 30, who's 40, or who's 50. It doesn't matter how old you are. You have to start and all of your prevention methods now. You have to start by doing these things that are in the Carney Strong acronym. Taking a shower, you know, doing your on-scene gross decon, taking care of your health and your, you know, making sure that you're eating, you're eating healthy and you're exercising, making sure your department has a safety committee. Um, and doing all these things now, it's 
there's no guarantee that, you know, someone won't be diagnosed with cancer, but if we can prevent it as long as, or as much, or how often as we can, then, then taking our cancer story and spreading it is worth, it's worth, it's worth the hardship. It's worth the heartache that we have. Um, I could go on about it, but no, you're good. You know, the first day that I actually met you was October 20th last year. Yes. Yep. It was, it was the day after the one year anniversary of his passing. So, um, you know, you spoke at, at our Miami Valley firefighter cancer and, and wellness conference and, uh, plug. uh, well, I wasn't even going to talk about this year's <laughs> coming up in October 24th, and 25th in Beaver <laughs> Creek, Ohio. You get tickets on brothers up and brothers.org. Good job. Thank you for that. Uh, first time I ever met you, and I, and I got a, I got a, actually before I think we even really talked, I, I, I got to see you uh, go in front of the class and, and talk about everything. And you know, it's one thing being a firefighter, I think, and seeing all my brothers and sisters diagnosed and everything. It's still impactful, but yeah. what we don't see very often is the other side, the end result, um, the families right. in the aftermath. And you, you know, are, are kind of, I mean, you're, you're running with that position and trying to do the best with it. And it's, to me, it's super impactful and, and the amount of courage you have to have to do that because you are essentially just, you have an open wound all the time. Yes. You're very yeah. vulnerable. I mean, this is, you know, you're, you're keeping him alive and his thoughts and, and, uh, and trying your best to make sure that this doesn't happen to any other fire families, any other firefighters, you know, the big picture of things. So it is a aspect that isn't talked about very often. Um, I think it's because it needs to be, well, it definitely needs to be absolutely. Yeah. But, um, I think we're scared about it. We are. We are. Um, you, you know, it's it, it, I've learned a lot. Um, I've obviously read several grieving books, every, several self-help books. And, you know, after your spouse passes um, and, and one thing that it keeps coming back to is that everyone's everyone's everyone handles grief differently um, and and not just and not just grief. I don't I don't relate it to after his passing. I relate it to the, the day that he was diagnosed with cancer um, and how we handle things is different. And nothing should be we shouldn't compare our story and our journey to the person sitting next to us, uh, because that that would number one, that would really hurt. So there was recently a firefighter in Josh's department who was diagnosed um, with cancer. And I am happy to report he is actually doing great now, um, had some surgery to remove it. And by the grace of God, I mean, he is he's on the up and up. And I am so happy for him and so elated for him. And when I found out, number one, that he had cancer, it was I knew I feel like I knew before just looking at his face before he told everybody. I just feel like he had something weighing on it. He didn't want to tell me. Um, and so and then but just then to hear that that he's on the up and up now for his family, for his wife, I'm so I'm so happy for them. And then I do have that moment of that's not fair. That's not fair that that someone else's story. And I really shouldn't relate it directly to this firefighter just because I don't want them to listen and think that I resent them because I don't. Um, I don't resent anybody who says, hey, my husband's going back to work or, hey, you know, like life is good because the cancer is going away and the, the cancer is gone. Um, 
but I do have that, those moments of why couldn't my story be different? Um, and then I remind myself that I don't go down that rabbit trail and I don't, I don't compare myself to others. And I, you know, this, this, this is, this is the journey that we have in life. Um, and this is my journey and I, I'm going to do my best to stay as positive as I can through most of it. Jim, I will tell you, I'm not going to lie. I cry every day. Um, but that's, but I cry and then I get over it and then I move on or I shake my head. Um, you can't see me shaking my head right now, but you know, I like to just do a little head bob. So when the tears start coming, you do a little head bob, they wipe away and they're gone. Um, I try not to let my moments turn into hours and days. Um, but that's, that's how I handle it. I, I could not, I could not get through life. I could not make such an impact with Carney Strong. I could not be so um, supportive um, for my daughter if I had um, grief days. So I have grief moments. Um, and, and I do, I am an open book and I do, I do have an open wound and I share it. Sometimes I feel like I share it too much. Other times I feel like I don't share it enough. Um, and so I'm trying to find this happy medium to remind people that number one, grieving is okay. It is, it is a process that we all have to go through no matter what type of grief you have. And no matter if it is a spouse or your parents or a, or a child or an animal, we all have to go through the grieving process and we should not compare our grief to somebody else's because we do not live or walk in their shoes. We do not have the same life as them. Um, for me, my entire life, I have been the more positive, upbeat, find uh, the happy in everything kind of person. Um, and if you, if Josh was around to tell you, he would tell you that's one of the reasons why he fell in love with me is because I do try to find the positive in everything. And I do try to make sure that, um, you know, if we do have moments of, of bad or sad, that they are not days. Um, and I, but I try very hard for that. So, so for me, um, my therapist tells me that I grieve just like everybody else, but I feel like I grieve a little bit differently, um, because I do have, I do try to find the positive, but Carney Strong has also, I think played a huge role in that for me because it has given me, it's given me a different purpose in life. Um, before Josh was diagnosed, the couple of years beforehand, uh, I was one of the um, event organizers for a local um, St. Baldrick's um, event, which is St. Baldrick's is an organization that, excuse me, um, you go and you shave your head and you raise money for childhood cancer research. And so for the couple of years prior to before Josh was diagnosed, I was one of the event organizers for a local event here. Um, got a lot of guys from the firehouse to shave. I even got Josh to shave off his mustache, which was fantastic. Um, I actually shaved the first year. Um, but I, I, I felt like that was such an impact on my life that we were able to help and do something for others. And then when Josh was diagnosed, obviously, you know, we kind of shifted, we shifted pads a little bit, but, but to be able to take my grief and, and, and share it and, and put a face with firefighter cancer and to get people to understand that it sucks and you want to be able to do everything that you can now so that you can retire um, and you can enjoy your life with your family. Um, it's, it is, it's a big deal. We never, we take it for granted. We take life for granted until we are affected by it. Um, and so I'm trying my best to get the firefighters and their families and their spouses to understand that Learn from me. Learn from our cancer story. Don't have your own cancer story. If you can do anything to prevent it, why would you not? Um, 
I don't even know what we were talking about. I digressed again and No, you were that was that was great. Now we were just Thank talking you. about, you know, when I, I, I met you first and and yeah. uh, and the important role you actually play in all of this. The yeah. big picture role. You know, I you know, when I started I didn't know all this kind of stuff. So I know I did a lot of dumb stuff early on. Um but these firefighters now when they're coming out, they should know better. The yes. information's out there. Yeah, there's so no I always why they preach don't about, you know, the big picture is, like you said, retiring and then being able to enjoy your retirement. And, you know, right. what's the point of doing all this, you know, all this work for this long to get to that point and not even be able to enjoy it? Right. So to, to not they need to start to at the very beginning. So that's what I always preach. I love probably more than anything out of all the classes I teach. Well, the, well I guess all the different, you know, there's officers and there's firefighters. I love talking to the rookies and just telling them how it is. And a lot of times I'll bring in people that are going through cancer, um, you know, doing actual treatments right then and there. And it's, you know, just so they can tell you firsthand, Hey, this sucks. So, no, I I love the role you play and it's so impactful. Thank you. I appreciate it. You, um, you commanded that room when you talked. So it it was good stuff, but uh, let's uh, let's try to do some more. Let's switch gears, okay. see if we can actually talk about some happy stuff a little bit. <laughs> so with that, you know, this I is like a, happy. This happy stuff. This is, well, it may be happy, it may not. It depends on what what you pick. So new thing here, it's called a twenty five live. So uh, I came up with twenty five random questions. They're all numbered, and I'm gonna have Lillian just take a stab throw some numbers out and I'll ask her some questions and this is more just personal stuff, pop culture, you know, just kind of fun stuff, but we'll, we'll kind of touch on this. So why don't you just throw out a number? See what we got here. One through 25. All right. Well, we were just talking about the number of acronyms in Carney strong and that's 12. So let's pick with 12. Okay. This is a good one. This is interesting. I'm ready. If you could time travel. Where would you go? If I could time travel, where would I go? All right. So this is going to be a funny story. (laughs) Um, I would go back to February 1992. Okay. And I would go back to February 1992 because Valentine's Day of 1992. I will be specific. Valentine's Day of 1992. Josh and I went to two different high schools. We were a couple of towns apart. Yes, we started dating in high school. We started dating in high school through a mutual friend of ours. My best friend uh, growing up went to high school and she was friends with Josh. Uh, So I lived in Brantford. He lived in North Haven. And on Valentine's Day, 1992, um, the North Haven basketball team was playing the Brantford basketball team. And we were in North Haven and... I was with Jamie and we walked by Josh and she said, Hey Josh, this is my friend Lillian. Lillian, this is Josh. And I, we like met, that was the very first time we had ever met. And then we went about our like evening and I had met him that night, but I was, let's face it. I was a freshman in high school and I was goo goo gaga for some other boy. And so I would probably time travel back to February 14th, 1992, slap me in the back of the head and say, no, you idiot. The other guy's a jerk. You want to focus on this guy, Josh, that you just met. So that's when I would go back. Nice. I love yeah. that you have the actual date. 
Oh yeah, yeah, it was Valentine's Day. You can't miss it, right? It was Valentine's oh, Day night. You know, and the the you know, I you have like uh I don't even know what you call it. You're you're very good with numbers. And I'm not talking about doing math or anything like that, but Oh yeah, like, I'm not I know, good at math. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. But like um, you know, you have it broken down as you know, you spent this much time, you know, with Josh a lot. I mean, just you know, Josh was alive this long. I was with him this long. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy seeing it broke it down like that. I've never seen anything like that before. Well, you know, sometimes sometimes you get the numbers in your head and, and then you just start calculating one after the other. Yeah, so I know Josh was on the earth for 41 years, seven months and 21 days. That's how long he was alive. I was a part of his life for 24 years and 12 days. Now, I don't count in meeting him on February 1992. Because we didn't talk like I met him that day and then we did not re-meet for several more months after that. Um, But I would definitely I'd go back to that day. Absolutely. Smack myself in the back of the head and be like, yo, dummy, (laughs) that's the guy right there. That's great. Do I get to pick another number? You can. Sure. All right. One through twenty five. My daughter was born on the twenty fifth. So let's go with twenty five. Okay. then this this is I like this, too. Uh, I like them all because I came up with them all, but uh, no. <laughs> all right. We should have done this last year. I think we're going to do it this year at the conference, uh, October 24th, 25th in Beaver Creek, Ohio. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I like, the, I like the idea of an entrance theme. Like, think about UFC fight or WWE or even, you know, whatever. Like, coming out to a song, you know, what would you what should your entrance theme be like if you were if you were talking to this year's conference what would you want to come down to oh that's a tough one um oh that's really tough because obviously the theme would be around carney strong right um so if the theme is around carney strong and obviously the reason why carney strong came about uh i'll tell you a funny story um so we we knew in advance that you know we knew this was stage four malignant melanoma um and so we knew his chance of survival was he was most likely not going to make 10 years you know we knew that uh we were you know hoping for three or four honestly um i mean honestly we were really hoping it'd be a good couple years because they had made great strides with melanoma and immunotherapy treatment and so we were hopeful that if we could get him to a couple year mark then we would probably get another several years after that obviously we were hoping for a cure by then but you know that's neither here nor there Um, but we started pre-planning some things. We made sure that we had our will and testament done. Uh, we made sure that, that, you know, the paperwork on the house and the vehicles said, and, or we went through all that. One thing we did as well is Midway Fire Rescue is very blessed to have a fire chaplain and Father Will is amazing. Um, I'm going to give a big plug to Father Will because still to this day, he reaches out to me and he's just fantastic. So Father Will from Holy Cross Faith Memorial Church in Polly's Island, South Carolina is fantastic. He is the fire chaplain at Midway Fire Rescue. So he has come over. Um, he would come over and sit with Josh throughout his his, his diagnosis. Um, and towards the end, we did start planning Josh's funeral services. Um, so Josh was a part of that. For the most part, Josh was just, okay, whatever you guys want to do. But there was a couple of things that Josh was pretty adamant that he wanted to have happen. Mm-hmm. And Josh really wanted Enter Sandman to play at his funeral service. <laughs> 
And he was adamant that Enter Samuel was going to play at the funeral service. Well, you know, we are doing it inside of Episcopalian church. And, well, that's just not going to happen. So no problem. We had it working. So on the evening of his viewing um, at the funeral home, we actually had some songs playing on rotation in the background. And Enter Sandman was one of them. Um, And so just because it is Carney Strong and the whole reason why we formulated it and the whole reason why we are here and the whole reason why we are Carney Strong is because of Josh. I'm going to have to go with Enter Sandman. And I know that's kind of cliche because it is Enter Sandman, but I would go with Enter Sandman. If it was a personal choice, um, I would probably go with Happy People from Little Big Town. And I'm sorry, you can't even take that out. I meant Lady Annabellum. Um, happy people from Lady Annabelle would be my choice, but I'm sure Josh would say Enter they're Sandman. Gonna, they're going to be so upset when they hear this. I know, right? Yes. I, I hope no. they listen to this because now, Lady I want to go. I want to go back to the place in my heart. I want to yeah. go back to the Metallica thing. Yeah. Because I I'm, I love Metallica. <laughs> they are probably they are my favorite band. Um, now you actually you weren't a really big fan of them, correct? No, no, I was. You not. actually. You did end up going to see them earlier this year. Was it Nashville? Uh, yes, we went to see them in Nashville in January. My daughter Shayla and I went, yes. Um, so growing up, I was not a Metallica fan. I was, I'm country. I'm old school, new school country. I'm all about, you know, that's, that's, that's always been my jam. And I listened to everything. But Josh growing up, he listened to Metallica and uh, Bon Jovi and, you know, all that, all that kind of stuff. Um, Slipknot and all that. Um and so he's always been a Metallica guy. When I was pregnant with Shayla, I drove a car. He drove a truck. And, you know, later later months of pregnancy, it's a little hard to get out of a car. So him and I switched vehicles. So I was driving the truck the later, you know, for like the third trimester. And he was driving my car. And in his truck, in his CD player, he had um, Metallica with the San Francisco Symphony Orchestra. Oh, um, yeah. Where they played live with it. And so S&M, that yes. was constantly playing. Yeah, that was constantly playing inside of the truck. And let me tell you, that little baby inside my belly loved listening to Metallica when they play with the San Francisco <laughs> Symphony Orchestra. She would jam out in there. Like they just they just out. did. A, I think they're getting ready to do a 20 year anniversary one off show with them. No way, because let me tell you, that's how I fell in love with Metallica. Flat out and honest, I hope they I hope they hear this, but if they do, I'm sorry for saying this. That CD, that album, is the only one I like to listen to. I know that sounds ridiculous. Now you could so, go ahead. They're sorry. The San, they're playing with the San Francisco Symphony Orchestra. It sounds amazing. I mean, it brings a whole different life to Metallica. Mm-hmm. So I always listen to them, and so I have them. I mean, I have them on my phone, but I have the version with the San Francisco Symphony Orchestra. I feel like I plugged them enough times that they should totally give us a shout out at Carney Strong. I'm just saying. Um, and so, and so Shayla grew up from before she was even breathing on her own, listening to Metallica and, you know, her and Josh just had this special relationship where, you know, they, they definitely enjoyed listening to, um, several things and watching several things on TV together, but Metallica was their thing. So when we found out after he passed away that, that they were going on tour, Shayla was like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And I don't remember, they were playing somewhere closer to us, but we had already had a previous engagement on that during that time frame, So we weren't able to see them closer to us. And Shayla was like, we're going, we're going, we're going, we have to go. And so we found out that when they played in Nashville, it was over her, um, it was over a long weekend from her school. So we kind of made it a little girls weekend and went to see them in uh, Nashville and had an awesome time. Um, it really was, it's, 
you don't have to be a Metallica fan to enjoy a Metallica concert. That's what I will say. It was amazing. They just, you know, their energy and they're constantly going and just watching it all. It, you are an amazement. Um, the only thing is, is they waited to the very end to play Enter Sandman. And, you know, it's a long and tiring day. And I was, re- I'm not going to say that out loud. I was about to say I was ready to leave, but. Yeah, it was it was an amazing experience. Um, yeah. We definitely had our moments of wishing he was there to witness it with us. But um, it's the same thing like Super Troopers, too. I wish he was here to see it because he loved Super Troopers. And um, I did not like that kind of comedy, but that's OK. Um, but <sighs> come on, that's good stuff. I listen, I'm not saying I didn't laugh. I'm not going to say I didn't laugh, but. Uh, yeah, that was definitely he, him and his sister, Megan, that's, they love, they love that kind of comedy. Shayla loves that kind of comedy. And that's just, I like romantic comedy. I'm a romantic comedy kind of girl. Josh is not a romantic comedy kind of guy. He was not. Fair enough. I'll, I'll say this real quick about Metallica and about that song in particular. Uh, it, Cause it's funny. You talk kind of talking about the settings on where, whether it's appropriate to play it or not. I kind of figured out a way to get around that. Cause I actually played this stuff during my wedding. Uh, reception <gasps> they have and it's just along the lines of snm that the, the san francisco orchestra they have like the vitamin string quartet yes they do yeah yeah so i was able to sneak in these songs like foo fighters metallica into my reception that uh um it sounded like if you didn't know any better it just sound like nice classical music but it's right. no it's it's enter sandman and then that they also brilliant. for for my uh for my oldest, um, Jameson, we ended up, there's the actual, like, Metallica lullabies. Yes, I have heard that before, yeah. So, and he, so yeah. I got, I started him early on. on with that, too. So, <laughs> all right. You want to do one more? Uh, yeah, we have time for one more. Yes, one more. Um, I don't know what number I should pick. Well, today, is, oh, we I can't do today's, today's the 30th. That's not going to work. How about we go for number 10? All right. What is the most beautiful place you've ever been? Alaska, hands down. Um, so we had the opportunity to go with Josh's parents and Josh's sister uh, to Alaska in 2012. So we went the summer of 2012. Uh, our daughter Shayla at the time was 12 years old. And, you know, it's not cheap to go to Alaska. Um, and we had some, we had some, definitely some, some help from the family uh, to be able to go. And, but we, it's, we ended up doing uh, two weeks. Uh, we did um, a land tour and a cruise tour, and it was amazing. But we were definitely concerned. Josh and I were definitely concerned that we are taking a 12-year-old to Alaska, which, you know, is so cliche that people say you have to wait till you're older so that you can really enjoy it and experience it. And it's the old people's vacation. It's really not. Um, it is truly not. So our daughter's 12 years old, and we get there and we check into our hotel and we are checking our hotel the first night and we're in Anchorage and we're in the city and we open up the curtains and there's the three of us standing there looking out this beautiful like you can still see the city but we're looking at this beautiful mountain range and there's still snow on top of the mountains obviously it's like you know Alaska um and we're just all three of us are just standing there and there's this moment of pause and all of a sudden Shayla says this vacation is going to be amazing. And Josh and I like look at each other and we're like, okay, she gets it. And then I'm not even kidding you. We look down and down right around the corner. There is a park and there is a man 
who is walking his reindeer on a leash through the park. <laughs> Not a dog, but an actual reindeer. You can see the antlers. I mean, it was just, it was awesome. Either way, the entire trip was amazing. It didn't matter what part of Alaska that we ventured through, whether it was on the ship or whether it was part of our land tour. It was just amazing. And and we had always said that we were going back. Um, and I'm, I am going back. That's not if I am going back. I'm just trying to decide, like, who I can sucker into going with me or maybe I'll go by myself. But Alaska, hands down, was just absolutely breathtaking. Everything about it. Nice. I, I didn't yep. I didn't expect that answer. That's that was yeah. pretty cool. Oh, oh hands down. Um, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like looking at my crystal blue ocean, you know, from in the Caribbean from a cruise ship. But um, no, it's definitely. Oh, no, you're right. I always I always kind of tease people like, you're already at the beach at the ocean. You know, where where do you go on vacation? Come on, and I guess Alaska's the answer. Alaska's <laughs> you know? the answer. All us all us people in the middle of nowhere, like yeah. Ohio. There's a lot of places I would love to go and visit that might change my mind. But as of right now, at the ripe old age of 42, I'm going to say it's Alaska. Okay, fair enough. Let's have this interview again in two years and let's see if I'm able to change it with a new place or a second or a second choice. Okay. I don't know if anything will ever be Alaska. I I don't know. I haven't been there. Maybe I should should go. go. I'm telling you right now, you need to go. You need to plan it. I don't care if it's for this year, next year, or in five years, but you need to go. It's something you have to experience before you're. You're not the, you know, you're not the first I'm person to, to tell me about that place, yeah. so I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, it's just. Well, it's let amazing. me ask you this. All right, if sure. if somebody if somebody were to uh, want to find out more information about you, um, about about Carney Strong, not necessarily about you. That's kind of a little stalkerish, but. Uh, <laughs> well, well, I'm pretty much an open book anyway, so there's uh, not much. I mean, I'm sure there are some things I probably don't want people to know about, but so for Carney Strong, we are actually all over social media. We are on Facebook as Carney Strong Initiative. We are on Twitter as Carney Strong. We are on Instagram as Carney Strong. Uh, we do have a website. It is uh, www.carneystrong.org. Um, we are trying to get out there to participate in um, and be part of some additional conferences throughout the country. Um, so we are working on that. I'm going to give a little shoutless plug right now. Um, one thing that the guys here at Midway Professionals does in Polly's Island is uh, the second weekend in November, 9th and 10th, um, they are putting on the Carney's, uh, Carney's Beach Blast training weekend, and the Carney Strong Initiative is the beneficiary of it. Um, so for years, Josh would talk to some guys at the firehouse, including uh, Captain Copeland, and they would talk about bringing some instructors here to the beach. Why wouldn't you want to come to the beach for a training class? Yeah, um, if I can talk people into coming to day in ohio right we can sure as crap talk about people to come to to paul's island um so they um so josh and pete had talked about it for years that they wanted to do a training weekend and they never did and so after josh passed away pete said that's it we're doing it lillian are you okay with it and i said absolutely and then he said carney strong's gonna be the beneficiary and i was like even better so um (laughs) this is our second year doing it um, so it is Carney's Beach Blast training weekend. Um, this year's instructors, they have two instructors that are coming in. Um, Aaron Heller from On Scene Training uh, is going to teach a class. And Jacqueline Tomei and her husband, Sean, from First Responder Sleep Recovery um, mm-hmm. are going to come out. Um, uh, Jacqueline and her husband, Sean, are also going to be at yours in October, right? Yes. And I, I think yeah. uh, I haven't talked to them yet about this, but I, I in my head, too, I, I had their theme being Enter Sandman. Oh yeah, it's kind of, yeah. 
That would totally would fit. I with think them it fits too. there too. I'm really excited about meeting them. I've met Aaron before. I've talked to him. I've talked to him to FDIC this past year, and he's he's excited. He's exciting. I like talking to him. I can't wait to listen to him talk. Even though honestly, he's taught he's teaching the class about firefighting stuff, and well, I find that boring. Um, but I'm glad other people find it interesting. Uh, but meeting Jacqueline and Sean, I've been following them for a while, and how important sleep is. And so that one, I'm definitely excited about because it's for more than just firefighters. Um, sure. It's for you know, it, I mean, it really is. It's for everybody who's you know needs to sleep better and how important sleep is. So anyway, that's the second weekend in November. Um, you can find a link to that on our website, carneystrong.org, or you can go um, to the um, to the locals page, which is iaffLocal3617.org, and uh, get your tickets. Our tickets are only, I think they're $40 in advance for the two days, so that's a great price. Um, yeah, so getting in contact with Carney Strong, again, social media, Facebook, um, we're on LinkedIn too, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, what about MySpace? Uh, you know, what? I mean, I might have a MySpace account, but um, <laughs> I don't know if it, I don't know. Is this, There's stuff on there? there. Like if there is still a, a Jim Burnica one, it's it's. Yeah, I'd I probably need I probably need to get rid of it. That was yeah. that's when I was young and could have fun. Yeah, I would prefer nobody goes to look at me in my space because I'm afraid to know what is on there. Um, actually, I should go look. There might be some. There might be some pictures of Josh. Uh, like, it's going to have some kind of music video on there. <laughs> some kind of. Oh, oh it's going to be terrible. The layouts. They were actually it was much more personal than this Facebook stuff. Yes, yeah, some some random ridiculous quote that I probably yeah. don't even remember anymore. You got one friend. His name is Tom. I can't believe it's still around. I am going to have to go find it now. I got to go look. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> I will let you go. Thank you so much. You said, Thank you, Jim. Oh, you told me this wouldn't take long. And I was like, I think that you are a talker and I'm a talker. <laughs> and this is going to be a little bit longer than usual, but that's okay. Cause I thought it was quality time and I'm happy with it. So thanks again for uh, coming on the show. And uh, I don't know. Yes, sir. I, I appreciate it. Thank you I'm very sure much. I'll talk to you soon. So, I'm sure Billy we will. Carney from Carney Strong. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> See ya.